Hello, everyone, and welcome to Study, Apply, Thrive. I am Vita Cash, your host. This podcast is called Study, Apply, Thrive because I know that when we study the Word of God and apply it to our lives, that it will cause us to absolutely thrive. And so today's episode is really special because it's a recording of me ministering a word at Flow Church called anxiety or anxious because the Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing. And during this time of shelter in place and social distancing, many people, even people in the kingdom of God, are experiencing an increase in anxiety. And God has an answer for you and he has an answer for me in his word. So grab your notebook, your journal, your pen, your tea, or whatever things you need to just sit in the presence of God and receive his word and prepare your heart to be anxious for nothing. Thanks for tuning in. Flow Church. Happy Sunday. I am so happy to be with you. Pastor Russell and I love you guys so much and we've been praying for you and just thinking about you. Before we get into the word, I know Pastor Russell did this last Sunday, but I want to just thank all the ladies who came to the tea party. We had so much fun and I've already met with the women's ministry staff and we're in the process of planning our next event soon. So ladies, stay connected so that you can be blessed by the fellowship that we're doing. And guys, your fellowship is coming. Pastor Russell's praying and getting wisdom from Holy Spirit about what to do um, virtually with the guys to keep you guys connected. So let's pray and get into the word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for these people who have gathered this morning, Father. God, you know their needs, you know their heart, Lord God, and we ask that you meet all of their needs according to your riches and glory. God, there is none like you, Father, and we just worship you this morning, God. We lift up holy hands before you, Father. God, we bless your name, Father. We say hallelujah. We say glory to your name. God, we just worship you in this place, Father. Allow your anointing and your power and your presence to be upon this virtual global meeting, Father. God, there's no distance in prayer. There's no distance in your anointing. There's no distance in your healing. So Father, we ask that you send peace now in the name of Jesus. Send healing now in the name of Jesus. God, receive our worship now, Father. Receive our presence, Lord God. Father, we need you. We long for you and we have great expectation of you showing up today. Father, anoint your word. Anoint me as your vessel to minister your word this morning. And God, we sit here waiting for you to pour out on us and we thank you for it now, God. And it's in Jesus' name that we make these requests. We believe and we receive everything that we pray because we know that you hear us and we receive it all now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I am so excited. I'm doing like a little happy dance. (laughs) I'm so excited to be with you guys. So Pastor Russell has started the series in January and it's called the words of life. And every Sunday he's been giving us another word of life to build our own spiritual dictionary. And it's an amazing series. And I don't know what week we're in, what month is this April? So we're about 16 or 18 weeks into the series. And so you have approximately that many words in your spiritual dictionary. And if you haven't been with us the whole year, you really should go back and look in our app and look at our website and look at those old, uh, not old, those previous <laughs> sermons to learn all the things that Pastor Russell has been teaching us. And I've been doing some of them, but he's been doing the majority of the teaching. And so in keeping with the words of life that we're doing this year, the word that we're going to talk about today is anxious. And I knew exactly what the Lord wanted me to minister today, but I wasn't sure what specific word to attach to it. Because when you hear the word anxious, it has a negative connotation and everything that Pastor Russell has been ministering has been 
powerful peace and the anointing and work and increase and covenant and all those things. And hey, I kind of anxious, you know, <laughs> um, but it's important that we address this particular word, especially in the seasons that we're in, because there are so many people who are suffering right now from anxiety and stress due to social distancing, due, due to shelter in place. And as your pastor, it's our job to feed you with wisdom and knowledge and give you what you need to be successful in any season and in any place. And God can meet you right where you are in your home right now or in your office or whatever to relieve you from anxiety and stress. And any of you who know me know that I have a passion for ministering about mental and emotional illness to women and to men. I do an annual women's conference every year called the Breathe Conference. And this is not a shameless plug for the Breathe Conference. Um, but just to give you my heart that I encourage women to do whatever they need to do to get free from emotional and mental um, illness, even if it means going to see a professional. And there is nothing wrong with going to see a professional if you're overwhelmed with emotional illness or overwhelmed with mental illness. Just like like if you had cancer, we would pray with you and send you to an oncologist. If you had a skin condition, we would pray with you and send you to a dermatologist. If there is an emotional or mental issue, we will pray with you and then encourage you to go seek your physician. So today I'm going to minister on anxiety and the words that I'm going to give you, they are spirit and they are life and they will change your life. But if you feel like you still need something more, I'm not in any way suggesting that you don't talk to your doctor. If you are feeling suicidal or feeling completely overwhelmed, like you can't get out of the bed and you're not eating and you're not in a position to care for your children or your, your spouse or take care of your, your employment or what have you, I want you to pray about calling your doctor. But if you're not at that level, the word that I'm going to minister to you today will help you. And notice I didn't say it might help you. It absolutely will help you because the word of God, it is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two edged sword. And it is able to come in and heal and deliver and set free. And so I'm so excited. So today's word is anxious. And if you want to put in in parentheses, you can put anxiety. Um, But we're going to talk about being anxious. And let's open up to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to start at verse 38, Luke 10 and 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Mary was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen that good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So now you you probably have heard this story a thousand times and it's a thousand times better on the thousandth time. There's no such thing as hearing anything in the word too much. Jesus and his disciples are coming into a city And I want to really go through and chronicle what's happening here. Jesus and his disciples are coming into the city and a woman named Martha welcomes him into her house. So he didn't barge into her house. He didn't show up uninvited. He wasn't being intrusive. She welcomes him into the house, meaning that she welcomed the assignment on her life to host Jesus and the disciples so that he could do a study group 
in her home. They were there having a study group. And so who, I don't know how large her home was. It could fit 20 people. It could fit 30 people. It could fit 12 people. It could fit five people, whatever it was. They're there doing a study group and she welcomes them in. And so prior to them getting there, you would expect that she would put everything in place and get everything in order. But while they're there and while he is teaching, she and her sister is there with her. And she had obviously invited her sister, Mary, to come with her. And she had the expectation that Mary was coming to help her serve. But Mary heard that Jesus was coming and Mary had the expectation that she was coming to hear what the Lord said. And so without having a prior conversation, it created anxiety and busyness in Martha because she didn't get a prior agreement about what was going to happen when Jesus got there. So Mary comes in with her journal and her Bible and her tea because she's a woman of flow church and she shows up with tea and a journal and Bible and a real pretty pen. And she sits down at the master's feet. And while she's teaching, while he's teaching, she's taking notes and she's taking it in and she's digesting everything that she needs to hear from him. Because when Jesus is talking, what else do we need to be doing? We need to be listening to whatever the Lord is saying. Well, Martha is over here and she's dusting and she's cleaning and she's doing whatever she's doing. And she's so upset that in the middle of Jesus teaching, in the middle of God speaking, she comes and says, okay, excuse me, study group. Um, excuse me, everybody. Jesus, I know you're in the middle of teaching an awesome, amazing word, but you see Mary sitting there paying attention to you. Tell her to stop receiving right now and come and help me with my preset agenda that I didn't speak to you about and I didn't speak to her about. Come and help me. Help her. Have her come and help me. Now, can you imagine Jesus is teaching? Okay, let's take it down about 10 hundred notches. Imagine I'm teaching. And in the middle of me teaching someone from hospitality, the hospitality committee comes up on the pulpit or comes into the studio where we're recording today and says, Pastor Vita, can you tell sister so-and-so to come help me pour the tea? Now I'm in the middle of teaching and they are so bogged down with what's going on in their life at that moment that they don't even have the ability to assess the priority of what's going on. And at that moment, their immediate need feels to them more pressing than the needs of everybody receiving the word of God. That's anxiety. When you're so consumed with what you think you need at the moment, you're so consumed with doing all the busy work and all of the things. And it's not necessarily that you're doing a bad thing, but it's not what you should be doing at the time that you're willing to stop what God is doing. You're willing to stop the flow of what God is trying to do to get that immediate need met. And that's what's happening here. And Jesus responds to Martha and he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Another uh, translation says you are distracted by many things. You are distracting. You are distracted by serving is what another translation said. You're being distracted by the service. You feel like you're doing the right thing because you're serving And we know that being a leader is serving. And so you feel like I'm being a leader. I'm serving. I'm giving the example because we're called to lead, uh, lead the world to to Christ. And so I'm serving, I'm leading, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm showing everybody how to post scriptures. I'm showing everybody how to do their baby's hair. I'm showing everybody how to be a distance learning mom. I'm showing everybody how a man provides. I'm showing everybody what to do, but you're being distracted by your service. If it's the time for 
for God to be speaking to you, if it's the time for you to be receiving. So what Martha is doing in essence is that she's pouring out at the moment that she should be filling up. And it is impossible to minister or to serve other people out of an empty cup. You have to fill up first and you actually should minister or serve out of the overflow. If you think about a teacup, I wish I bought a teacup into the studio today. You think about a teacup with a saucer, you want to keep pouring and keep pouring and keep pouring until that cup overflows. And if you go back and study the, the history of why we have saucers, it's just for that reason that if you fill the cup up and then you add a little milk or you add a little cream or add a little sugar, sometimes the, it might spill over onto the saucer. And so that you don't damage the tablecloth or don't damage the table, that saucer was there to catch the extra. And so what you minister, what you use to serve others, people should come off the saucer. And so she didn't have a cup. She didn't have a saucer. She didn't have anything because instead of her sitting and receiving, she was pouring out when she should have been filling up and it caused anxiety in her life. And Jesus says to her, that there's only one thing that's necessary. And that's being at the place at the time doing the thing that God told you to do. And you have chosen the unnecessary thing, Martha, but Mary has chosen the necessary thing. But get this, she was doing the right thing. Martha was doing the right thing, but she was doing it at the wrong time. And in this season where we're doing social distancing and shelter in place, you could very easily feel like I'm doing the right thing, but not realizing that you're doing it at the wrong time. And it could cause great anxiety to live in your heart and great anxiety to be in your household. And everybody in your household is stressed out because mommy or daddy or whoever I'm talking to today, they're about to flip out. They are one moment away from screaming, from flipping over a table, from turning a sofa over, from knocking food off the table. They are one minute away from just snapping happening. And I'm saying that lightly, but there are some people out there that they are one moment away from a breakdown, ugly cry. They're one moment away from jumping in the car and speeding down the street. Not that they don't love their family, not that they don't love the role that God has called them to, but because the pressure of doing all these things from a distance may be getting to those people. And I want you to have compassion. If it's not you, I want you to pray for the person sitting next to you. And if it is you say, Lord, thank you for talking to me this morning. She's talking directly to me. And so Martha is doing the right thing, but she's doing it at the wrong time. And so what God is showing us here is that there are going to be times in our life that if you're a multitasker, praise the Lord for you. If you're a forward thinker, praise the Lord for you. But there are times that you have to focus on what's happening in the room right now. And when you're able to get everything else out of your mind and focus on what's happening in the room right now, the quality of what you're experiencing in that room will be so much better when you have given it your full undivided attention and it will actually minimize the anxiety that you feel. Let me give you an example for me. I always give y'all an example for me. I was sitting, this is a real, a real example. I was sitting on the steps. I sit on the steps all the time. I really like sitting on the, I don't know why. I was sitting on the steps in my house um, and I was drinking a cup of tea and my dog, my little, I have a little Yorkie, he was sitting under my legs and I probably sit there because it's one place that he can sit with me, sipping on a cup of tea, drinking and um, drinking some tea, 
the dog is there with me and I'm in the middle of a break. I'm a homeschool mom. For those who don't know, I'm a homeschool mom. I was homeschooling before coronavirus and I'll be homeschooling long after coronavirus. And we were on a break. My daughter and I were on a break from homeschooling. We're taking like a 20 minute break and we take breaks all throughout the day. I think I've shared that with you before. I will give a math test on Sunday afternoon. I would do an English assignment at nine o'clock at night if she's still up. We don't have to stick to a traditional day because I refuse to be overcome with anxiety. So anyway, I'm sitting there, we're shelter in place, we are social distancing on a homeschool break. I just got finished teaching science or math or whatever it was I was teaching, sipping tea, and I'm sitting on the steps and I look over at the baseboards and I say, hmm, these baseboards need to be cleaned. And then I thought, what else needs to be cleaned? Oh my goodness, when was the last time I cleaned the basement bathroom? When was the last time I did this? When was the last time? So I'm beginning to build up in my mind all of these things that needed to be done. And I was already homeschooling that day. Um, I was getting ready to prepare. This was last week. I was getting ready to prepare for the tea party. I had all these things I needed to get done. Guess what should not have been a priority for me? Cleaning baseboards. That should not have been a priority at all. And for about 10 minutes, I'm sitting there strategizing about how I can move all the needful things around, how I can move all the necessary things around to accommodate this unnecessary activity. Because although I like my baseboards clean, if I didn't clean those baseboards that day and I didn't, guess what? Everybody's still alive. Everybody still ate. Everybody is still healthy. And so during this season, I want you to learn how to focus on what does God want me doing right now? Is this necessary right now? It might be the right thing, but is this the right time? And if it's not the right time, then let it go so that it doesn't cause anxiety in your life. And I walked past those baseboards this morning. I said, oh, well. Kept it moving. Oh, well, you know, if I don't get if I don't get to him until all this is over and I have somebody come in and do it for me, that is fine. We are not going to perish because I had a little bit of dust on the baseboards. Now, what is it that you might be focused on that's not really needful right now? Yes, your family needs to eat, but they don't necessarily have to eat a baked potato and a green vegetable and a lean protein every meal. If you give them peanut butter and jelly and a fruit cup tonight, guess what? They will not perish. As long as the kids are clean, it's okay if they're running around in a costume. It's okay if your son has on a Batman costume or your daughter has on a princess costume. As long as they're clean, it's fine. If you didn't get a chance to comb through and detangle all the hair, as long as they're neat, is fine. As long as they have eaten, it's fine. If they get up a little bit later than usual or go to bed a little bit later, it's fine. If they get up a little bit earlier, it is fine. But what is needful for you in this season, especially, is to position yourself to be filling up on whatever God wants to pour out on you so that you can be in a position to pour out on others and your service won't become a distraction. It will come an added joy and actually give you energy that you're serving. Because when you're serving in the right lane at the right time, it actually pumps you up. Because in, like when I'm getting ready to preach, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I wish I could see me. I'm like so silly before before I preach because I'm so excited. It's not a burden to me. I'm filling up beforehand so that when it's time for me to serve, 
My service is not a distraction, but it's an added value to who I am and to my life. And so God is telling her and now he's telling you to learn how to focus on what's important so that you're not being anxious. If your child is five, this might not be the time to start looking at possible colleges for them just because you're home. Don't do that. It's not necessary at this particular time. I want you to do that. Now think about um, Ecclesiastes 3. We're not going to read it, but I want you to write it down. And for your study time this month, this week, I want you to read it. It says for every time and every season, there's a purpose for every time. There's a time to cry and there's a time to build and there's a time to tear down and there's a time to laugh and there's a time to mourn. There's a time for this. There's a time for everything. And so don't, uh, don't overwhelm yourself with feeling like you need to get everything done. You don't have to get everything done and it's okay. If you haven't washed clothes, as long as you got something clean to put on, it's okay. Sometimes the clothes here get washed and dried, but it's very rare that they get washed, dried, folded, folded up and put away in the same day. That is a rare, rare occasion. Unless my mom is here. My mom will come and she'll do all of that. And we thank God for her. She loves doing it. And we love allowing the Lord to use her. And she comes and she helps us manage our household. And I'm so grateful to have her. But when she's not here, they get clean, they get washed. And hopefully they get put in the dryer so we don't have to rewash them. And they sometimes come out the dryer and go in the basket. And we're in the laundry room going through the basket looking for now, you might be thinking, Pastor Vita, you should be doing better than that. I'm doing what's needful for what needs to happen in my household at this time in this season. I'm not going to allow myself to become anxious or build up anxiety because I'm trying to fold towels. The towels are clean. Grab one, get in the shower, keep it moving. That's what you have to do sometime. There's a time and there's a season for everything. Now, flip over to Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Look at, um, let's start at verse 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither snow, sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? So he says here, don't be anxious for anything. Because I know sometimes if you're the provider of the household, if you are a two income household, you and your spouse might be talking about, okay, is there a furlough coming? Is there a layoff coming? Is there this coming? Because some people are experiencing reduced work hours and things like that. Or if you're a single income household, you might be just thinking to yourself, okay, what about the food for the family? And what about clothing for the family? What about this? And God is addressing that right now because I don't want to pretend like the things that you're concerned about aren't things worth thinking about. There are absolutely things worth thinking about there's a difference between as a believer, allowing your thoughts to overcome you. And then you being a believer, allowing the Holy spirit on the inside of you to overcome your thoughts and to take control of those thoughts and remind you of who you are in the kingdom. And so here, Matthew was talking, he says, don't be anxious about your life, about what you're going to eat, 
about what you're going to drink, about how you're going to clothe your family, about how you're going to pay the electric bill, about how you're going to pay the gas bill, about how you're going to take care of the car. It was due for service two months ago and now you can't get out. How are you going to do that? Your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things and the birds don't sow and the beavers don't sow and the foxes don't sow. And, but yet they eat every day yet. God takes care of them. How much more valuable are you? And so he's giving you an ability to kind of refocus yourself and say, God takes care of all this other stuff. He will surely take care of me. So he's saying, don't be anxious for those things. And we're going to jump down to verse 33, but I want you to go back and read it. That whole section. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his right way of doing things. And all of these things, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you should wear, your bills, your responsibilities, all those things will be added for you, added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious of itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So I said, don't sit there. Oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen next week? What about this? What about that? Don't be anxious for anything. God knows that you have those needs. And again, sometimes as a homeschool mom, I'm thinking, I don't want to mess up my child. <laughs> you know, when, when your child goes to a traditional school, if things aren't progressing along, you talk to the teacher. Then if you don't get the answer you like, you talk to the principal or the administrator. And then you take it to the head of school. Then you can send a letter to the Board of Edu- Education, what have you. When you're a homeschool mom, you're having a conference with yourself. You're having a conference all by yourself. You and Jesus and, and your, your lesson plan or whatever. And so you might be thinking, I don't want to mess up my child. And so there might be parents now who are doing distance learning thinking, what about the lessons for tomorrow? What about, are they going to be okay for math next year? Are they going to be okay for science next year? Is my child going to be able to read? Is my child going to be able to get into college? Be anxious for nothing. God knows you have need of those things. God knows exactly what you need. Dads, if your uh, hours have been cut or moms, if your hours have been cut, God knows that you need money for, for food. God knows that you need tuition money. God knows that you need those things. Don't be anxious about it, but trust God in this season. Trust that he will take care of you. Every time you look outside and you say, my grass needs to be cut, that grass didn't sow a single seed, but God provides for that grass with sun like he provides for that grass with water. So every time you have to go cut your grass, your grass, allow it to be a reminder to you that God provides for everything that he created. He created the earth and he created the soil and he created the, um, the, what is it called? The, uh, the, Ooh, the, when the oxygen comes up from the grass and we breathe them, y'all know a cytoplasm, a chlorophyll, something, y'all know what I'm talking about. God created that whole system. So surely he has a system in place for you to be able to reap what you need. And somebody's typing it in the chat right now. I'm just having a brain fog right now photosynthesis. Thank you. The studio helped me out. God created photosynthesis. So he has a, if he has a system for the grass to receive and for the grass to grow so much that it has to be pruned so that it can keep growing on a regular basis. Surely he has a system in place for you, but you have to be willing to seek ye first the kingdom so that you're not overwhelmed and you're not anxious and you're not stressed out. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to serve for Memorial Day cookout. (laughs) Right now is not the time for that. Now, usually 
Under normal conditions, I have a menu planned already. I'll be looking at decorations and who was coming over. Not this year, not this time. Good thing, wrong time. Right thing, wrong time. Put that on the back burner for another time. Not doing it and not allowing myself to be anxious about things that are really not necessary right now. So how do you do that? How do you just focus yourself on the kingdom? Well, I'm doing study group, Pasavita. I'm looking at you right now. I'm listening to the podcast. I'm listening to Study Apply Thrive podcast. I'm listening to Flow Church podcast. I'm tuning in to IG Live to hear Pastor Russell. I'm doing all of these things, but anxiety still seems to be coming my way. What can I do to get rid of it? I'm glad you asked. So I want you to practice something And God gave you senses. He gave you five senses, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, and smelling. (laughs) Gave you five. I want you to train your five senses to be rooted in who you are as a kingdom person. And every time you begin to get distracted by things that are causing anxiety, oh, the baby needs new clothes. The baby needs clean clothes. We need to eat. We need to change the sheets on the bed. We need to do this. We need to do that. Oh, I need to mail in my taxes. I need to do that. I want you to take a moment and just focus your five senses on what God is saying right now. And if you don't hear him saying anything, I want you to go and literally pick up the word and open up the word and begin to read the word and allow the word to calm you. Now, here is I want you to use your senses to do this. I want you to see the Lord with your eyes. Five sense number one, you to see the Lord. And I want you to see him through all of the ways that he's already empowered you to prosper. You have a physical house over your head. If you're watching this right now, that means that you either have a mobile device or you have a computer and you have Wi-Fi and you have somewhere to charge it. So you're empowered to prosper. God has empowered you to be able to receive the word. I want you to look at the fact that you have clothes in the closet, even if they're in the dirty clothes hamper and they need to be clothed, they need to be washed. You have clothes. If you go to your pantry and there's something in there other than air and dust, I don't care if it's not what you were in the mood to eat, but there's something there. You have food. I want you to see the goodness of God all around you. I want you to train yourself to, I'm feeling anxious. Wait, let me step. Let me take a beat. See the goodness of God. See the goodness of God. The reason why barns get dirty is because there are animals in the barn. So if your barn is dirty right now, just praise God that there are animals in the barn, meaning that there's family members there. The reason why there's dirty dishes is because there's somebody there that you have to feed. The reason that there's dirty clothes is because there's somebody there that you have to clothe. The reason that the wash machine is there is because God provided the money for you to be able to have that wash machine. I want you to use your eyes and focus and see the goodness of God. I want you to hear the Lord. I want you to hear God. I want you to hear his voice through his word, hear his voice through prayer, hear his voice through worship. I want you to get yourself in a position to hear from the Lord. Join us every morning on 6 a.m. prayer so that you can pray with your community and hear a word from Pastor Pastor Russell. Be a part of a study group so that you can study the word with friends. Spend time every day doing a devotional or reading the word on your own. Spend time every day lifting up your hands and worshiping God so that you can hear God's voice. So I want you to see God 
and I want you to hear God. I want you to taste God. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. This has not taken you out. That's the taste of God. The fact that you had the flu before and it didn't take you out. That's you tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. The fact that you were able to successfully stay married this long or your children are doing well, or you're gainfully employed, or you have a car, or you have a place to lay your head, even if it's not your dream house, you have a place. That's you tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. I want you to smell the Lord through your offering. The Bible says when we bring an offering to the altar, it's like a sweet smelling savor in the nostrils of God. When we bring our sacrifice of praise or our sacrifice of our first fruit or our tithe or our offering, it's an opportunity for us to have a sensual, a sense-based exchange with God, a, a smelling of the nostril. I want you to bring your offering because that when every time you bring your offering, it's a reminder that our King lives and that kingdom business must continue. Every time you give a sacrifice of praise, you are declaring that your God is yet alive and he is the great I am and he's a conqueror and he's a healer and he is everything that you need him to be. So I want you to allow that sweet smelling savor to happen in your house by giving of your offering and giving of your praise and giving of your time because it's all a sweet smelling savor in the nose of God. And so I want you to position yourself, get yourself rooted, firmly rooted by commanding your senses to focus on God. I'm going to see God. I'm going to hear God. I'm going to smell God. I'm going to taste God. I'm going to touch God. The Bible says that um, in Hebrews, for we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with our infirmities. I want you to taste a touch the Lord or allow the Lord to touch you by you being honest with him about how you feel. God, if this child coming here one more time, Lord, please allow this child to find something else to entertain them other than me. God, please let them stop talking. Father, if they ask me for a sandwich one more time, God, please be honest with God. Tell God exactly how you're feeling because we don't have a high priest who can't be touched by our infirmities. That is Hebrews chapter four, verse 15. Allow God to touch you and you can touch him like the one with with issue of blood she touched Jesus and Jesus said who touched me he feels when we touch him so allow that to take place so you're going to see God you're going to hear God you're going to taste God you're going to touch God you're going to feel God I do all of them y'all check your notes praise the Lord okay look uh the last thing two two more things two more things the last thing is prayer Prayer will absolutely minimize and in some cases get rid of anxiety. In Philippians chapter four, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. And we know that the peace of God takes on many different definitions. And when you go and study it in the Hebrew, you'll see several different definitions for peace. And one one definition of peace that I really like is nothing missing, nothing broken. Another definition is don't go anywhere. Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Um, that peace is when um, Jesus spoke to the winds when the wind, when they, they were on the boat and the winds were going back and he said, stop, peace, be still. That means stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Well, here we learn another, another definition of peace where it says that 
the peace is also a protector. It's a guard. If you can imagine bodyguards around your heart and bodyguards around your mind, that that's what the peace does, that it doesn't allow anxiety to come and penetrate and attack your heart and attack your mind. And so the peace of God is like a, a force field. You guys remember Super Friends and they had the force field sometimes that you couldn't see it. The enemy couldn't see it, but every time they would try to come in and attack, they couldn't get through this invisible force field. That's what peace will do for you in this season when you make your request known to God, when you pray with thanksgiving and supplication, it says and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. It doesn't say it's going to take over your heart and mind. It says it's going to guard it. It's going to protect it like those guards in England who stand in front of Buckingham Palace and they don't even blink. They don't do anything but guard the palace. The peace of God will guard your heart. The peace of God will guard your mind through Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus. So this is a promise for us who believe Jesus. And so if you have not received Jesus today and you're watching this, I know we usually do it at the end, but this is a great time to receive Jesus just so that your heart and your mind can be guarded so that you will not be overwhelmed with anxiety during this season. So we want you to pray. We want you to pray with and have supplication with thanksgiving. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for these people. But God, can you have them take a nap? God, I thank you for this job. But can we go on a lunch break? God, I thank you. But And we want to learn how to be transparent and honest with God. When you go and talk to, oh, God, everything is so perfect. Oh, God, everything is awesome. Oh, God, everything is amazing. Oh, God, oh, God, I just love you, God. Oh, there's none like you, God. Oh, God, everything is so awesome. And you don't share with him your infirmity so that he can be touched. You're losing out on the opportunity to invite God in to take care of a situation for you. So you have to be honest with him. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm angry. God, I'm anxious. God, I need you to move on my heart. I need you to move on my mind. I need you to move in my life. I need you to move in my marriage. God, I need your power. I need you, God. I need you. That is how you pray to get rid of anxiety. You don't have to go to God and pretend like you're this faith giant or pretend like everything is okay because there's two people that you can't fool and God is not a person. We'll never minimize him that way, but you can't fool God and you can't fool yourself. You can pray all eloquent and make everybody else look impressed, but God knows what you're really going through. And you know what you're really going through. And he's just waiting for you to invite him in to help you take care of that. Sometimes he'll tell you to sit down and he'll fight for you. And sometimes he'll give you a battle plan to go fight for yourself. But if you don't invite him in, you're missing out on the opportunity for him to do that. Okay, last verse for today, I think. Acts chapter 12. And this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's about prayer, but it's about in Philippians 4, it's talking about you praying for yourself. But here in Acts 12, it's talking about us praying for our church family. And this is another reason why you need to be connected with the church. And if you're watching this broadcast right now and you don't have a church family, we want Flow Church to be your church family. Dr. Cash is an amazing pastor. He will always minister the word of God to you. And he will always be an example of godliness before you, as will I. We have a wonderful church community. And here in uh, Acts chapter 12, you'll see why. And look at verse six. It says, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains and the sentries before the door were guarding the prison. So Peter, if you look at the beginning of um, chapter 12 of verse 
chapter 12 of the book of Acts, you'll see that Peter's friend was just killed, you know? So now Peter is in jail and he is, he doesn't know what's going to happen. If you are a Bible scholar, which I know you are, you know that when um, Christianity began and the Crusades began and there was a movement in the book of Acts that just spread the gospel, things like that. When the men and the women were preaching the gospel, that they were being stoned to death and they were being beaten to death and they were being crucified. Jesus was not the only one to be crucified. You know that he had two thieves on either side of him on the cross. Crucifixion was a regular thing. I mean, these people were really being tortured for preaching the gospel. So it's not like us, somebody just criticizing our faith. It went so much more than that. So his friend and his co-laborer in the gospel had been killed earlier in the book. And now he's in prison and he's not sure what they're going to do to him. But look what's happening. He says now he's in prison, he's chained, he's bound, and he's sleeping before to, beside two soldiers who are there to guard him. And then there are other soldiers outside the door and Peter is asleep. Talk about a moment to be anxious. Talk about a time to be worried. Talk about a time to be up counting sheep. He is asleep. We're thinking about how we're going to make turkey legs tomorrow. We're thinking about how we're going to get the oil change on the car. And it has us up all night long. We're up all night long trying to figure out how to balance a checkbook. We're up all night long trying to figure out should we keep cable or go to a streaming service? I mean, we are <laughs> up at night thinking about some things. This man doesn't know if he's going to live or die. And he is asleep. What empowered him to do that? Look at verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayers for him was made by God, to, was made to God by the church. He was able to sleep because he knew that he had a church community that was praying for him. And that was the reason he was able to go into this next adventure, this next season, this next episode. I don't know why I said adventure, but y'all get my heart. This next episode of what was going on in his life. And when everybody else around him would likely be anxious, likely be nervous, likely be upset, physically ill. He is, he's using the soldiers as a pillow. The people who could possibly be about to kill him, he's using him as a pillow because the peace of God is guarding his heart and guarding his mind because his church is praying for him. Not because he's praying for himself, but because his church is praying for him. And so uh, look at, um, let's keep reading. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell and he struck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. He had to actually tap Peter. Now the the uh, angel of the Lord was a physical manifestation of an angel. And if I was in prison and I didn't know if I was going to die, a mouse could walk across the floor and I would wake up. What's going on? The angel comes into the cell and has to shake Peter. He's sleeping so hard. He has to shake Peter and say, Hey, get up, get up. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. He said, look, look how you usually look. We're going to walk out of here with dignity. Get up, dress yourself. Don't worry about it. You're going to walk out of here looking as good as you did walking in. It's not going to be a walk of shame. It's not going to be a perp walk. You're going to get up. You're going to get dressed. You're going to brush your hair. You're going to mac up your face. You're going to do whatever you need to do. 
And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around and follow me. He said, even get your overcoat. You dress, get your coat and follow me. And if you keep reading this, I won't read it for the sake of time. He comes out. They walk past the guards. They walk out the gate and then they go. Peter goes to the house where the church was praying and he knocks on the door and the young servant comes and says, who is it? He says, it's Peter. She recognizes his voice, but she's like, could this be? We thought he was going to die. We thought he was in prison. She doesn't open the door. She runs back and she gets the elders and says to them, I think Peter's at the door. And they said, Peter, we, Peter we've been praying for. They were so amazed at how God answered their prayer that they go back and open the door and they are marveled to find Peter. Peter standing there. They were, God went above what they had even imagined. The Bible says that he'll do exceeding abundant above what you can even ask or think. And that's what God did here because he had a church family praying for him when he was going through. And I want you to know that because here at Flow Church, we pray for you every single day. We're praying for you at 6 a.m. in our prayer call, but we also have intercessors who are praying all the time. It's not just a 6 a.m. and that's it. They are praying all the time. Your study group leaders are praying for you all the time. Pastor Russell and I are praying for you all the time. And so when you get exhausted, emotionally and you get exhausted mentally and you know that you should pray. We want you to have a habit of praying for yourself. And when you are at that moment that I just can't pray for myself. And if you've never been there, praise the Lord, but there will be some times in your life where you are just so overcome that you can't pray for yourself. Even if you don't get a chance to call us and ask for prayer, we want you to know that we are praying and you can be in prison right now, not a physical prison or possibly a physical prison, but you can be in a financial prison or a a health prison or a marriage prison and there are guards on either side of you, but the prayers of your church will prevail and you will be able to walk out of there looking as good as you did when you came in and everybody will marvel at what God has done because of the prayers of your church. We will not be overcome by anxiety, church family. We will not be overcome with anxiousness, but we are praying people we pray independently. We pray together as a church community. We have our five senses focused and firmly rooted on who God is and what he wants to do in our lives at this season. And we're doing the right thing at the right time. We're filling up on what God wants to say to us so that when we serve, our service is not a distraction, but it gives us more energy to continue to go on. So I'm going to just encourage you to be connected with who God is calling you to be at this time. Be about the father's business. And that doesn't mean be busy. It means be intentional doing the necessary things. Whatever God is saying to your heart, do it. Whatever God is saying, do it. Pray without ceasing. Ceasing. Uh, come to God with your prayer and supplication of thanksgiving. Be anxious for and worry about nothing. Listen, it's not everything's going to be just fine. If you don't cook a gourmet meal, it's fine. If you don't put on makeup, it's fine. If you can't get to the barbershop to get a shape up, it's fine. If you can't do your baseboards, it's fine. If you can't spot treat the carpet, it's fine. If you got to use paper plates instead of the regular china you use, it's fine. It is all fine. God is working everything together for our good. He is strategic and we always win. As believers, the winning circle might not look like what we thought it was going to look like, but it's always exactly what we need because that's who our God is. I pray that the word bless you today. 
I had a wonderful time ministering it to you. I love, this gives me energy. Y'all can see, I'm like, <laughs> this gives me so much energy. I love ministering the word of God to you, but the word of God is only as effective in your life as you allow it to be. So I want you to take this word. I want you to listen to it over and over again. I want you to study the word. I want you to get into a study group this week. You can go to our website or to our app to get all the times we have study groups. We have Sunday study groups Monday through Saturday. Well, let me say it like this. Every day except for Sunday and Friday, we have study groups. We want you in a study group talking to others about the word. In the book of Acts, it says that the Bereans were more noble than other believers because they went home and studied the scriptures to see if it be so. I want you to go home and study everything I taught you today to see if it be so. And it is so. It is absolutely so. We want you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All of the promises I share today are promises for the believer, promises for believers. And all you have to do is believe in your heart. And confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. To become a believer, you don't have to stop doing anything or start doing anything. It begins with you confessing and truly believing that Jesus is Lord. That he wasn't just another prophet. He wasn't just another guy. That the Bible's not a nice storybook. And it doesn't have to all make sense to you. I can't believe the Bible because it doesn't all make sense. You're not an electrical engineer. You don't understand how the light switch works in your house. But yet you use electricity and pay for it. So you can believe God if you want to. Believing is not a feeling. Believing is a decision. You make a decision. I'm going to believe this. You have made a decision to believe some people when you knew they were not telling you the truth, but you decided to believe it. Everything in the word of God is truth. Everything in the word of God is life. You have to make a decision to believe Jesus, Lord, and it'll be the best decision that you have ever made in your life to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And after you have done that, you need to connect with a Bible teaching church like Flow Church. Not recommending any others, Flow Church. It doesn't matter where you live. We have a global campus that we've been doing global campus since we began ministry. This ministry has been in existence. We'll celebrate our sixth anniversary this year. Yay! We've been doing global church that long. You can be a part of a study group from anywhere. You can be in Iraq and call into a study group. You can call into prayer from anywhere on this globe. You can get this broadcast even when Corona is over. We'll still be doing this. So I don't care where you live. You can be a part of this church. We are a good church because we love God and we love people and we'll always minister the word to you. We help flow as an acronym. It stands for follow Christ, love others and work on yourselves. That's what we're here to do to help you follow Christ, to help you love others, help you work on yourselves. And then together we impact the community together. We teach the gospel together. We exhibit Jesus and together we draw thousands to Christ and we make a promise to you that when you're part of flow church, you never, ever, ever have to fight a battle alone. If you can pick up a phone, if you can send a text, if you can send an email, if you can make it to the house of God and you share your problem with us, we will stand firmly with you. We will together focus our five senses on what God will have you do. We will commit to you with our time, our talent, our trust, our thanks, and our treasure. 
So join Flow Church and then tell somebody else about your experience. Don't become a believer by yourself. Get your whole family involved. Don't join Flow Church by yourself. Get your whole family involved. Be members of Flow Church together. You can live here in Maryland and your cousin can live in Ohio and your brother can live in Texas and you guys could go to church together every Sunday. Then you guys can join the same study group and say the word together every, you can start your own study group every single week. So become a part of this community. Become a part of this community. We love you guys so very much. Um, stay, uh, go take a break, eat brunch or whatever you're going to do and come back at 1230 for children's ministry. Children's ministry is so much fun and we love doing children's ministry and um, we have something so special for your children today. We want to also encourage you to give. You can give electronically with our, uh, if you're the hosts are putting it up on the screen there. You can text give um, and the number is there right now. You can also give with the cash app dollar sign flow church. You can go to our website and give. We have all different ways that you can give securely and we will use your money to be a blessing to the kingdom, to further the gospel, to reach more families, to reach more children, to do more outreach in the community. We are a very outreach driven ministry. We do lots of things in the community. We'll use your giving to extend that so that other people can get this kind of word and know that they don't have to be anxious for anything. And the last thing I want you to do is have a fantastic day. Look at that laundry list of things you had to do today and ask yourself what is needful or necessary and what's nice. Save the nice stuff for another day and only do what's needful. And if family time is what's needful today, spend the rest of today bonding with your family, connecting with your family, do what's needful. Pastor Russell and I love you so very much. We are here for you and we want to help you to continue to follow Christ, love others and work on yourselves. Have a great day and we'll see you soon. God bless you.